0: Guys, this is my love bugs. It's 8:41 a.m. Today is October 5th, and it is Thursday. I hope you guys are enjoying your mornings. This is another under the darkest moon scary story. This one's gonna be titled "The Girl." And just a little quick story. It's about a, i mean, a quick sum up of it. It's about a girl named Amani a little girl named Amani, and she grew up in a family where she felt like she didn't belong in this family. We'll get into all the other details and everything after we pause it here. I get my bearings together, and we're gonna go on this journey with Amani and figure out why she feels like she doesn't belong in our family. Thank you for listening. Peace. Okay, as we get into the story about Amani, she's a little girl. The story starts off, she's about three years old. The most that she can remember is being spoiled, always wearing dresses, being able to have tea parties, her teddy bears, her dolls, and just being the center of attention in this family. However, the older that Amani starts to get, she starts to realize that Something's unique and different about her that sets her apart from her family. The thing that's different about her is that she has supernatural gifts that she can't quite explain. She just notices that when she's upset or hurt or she wants things to go her way, they typically do. Now, when it comes to her father in her life, she feels like her father sometimes is not really her father. But of course, as a three or four year old, she cannot really explain. She feels like sometimes even the mother around her and her father are wearing a mask. That's the best she can describe it if anyone was to ask her. She doesn't really see them go to work, but yet she doesn't really see them still either. And somehow they're able to afford everything she ever hopes and dreams for she doesn't grow up in poverty she grows up with a silver spoon in her mouth but yet dad's not wealthy sometimes she can get gifts sometimes she can't get gifts i know you're all wondering are they robbers are they scammers what's up with this right I feel like right now at this part of the story, it's nothing to worry about because she's well taken care of. She travels a lot. She goes from state to state. So of course, Amani is like, maybe my parents have money. I don't know about, maybe they have a savings. She gets moved around from community to community, school to school, daycare to daycare. And it's almost like she's never in one place at, she's never in one place too long where she can get to know anybody and truly set any lifelong friendships. It's always an upheaval. In this story right now, this mother and father of hers are actually being heavily watched for changing locations so often. Who are they who are they being watched by? Why do they move so often? Sometimes she sees her dad sad. Sometimes she sees him hurt or in despair. And sometimes she hears mommy and daddy talk about them not being able to get jobs in certain places. Amani wonders if this is why they move so much for new opportunities, for a new start. Feel like you guys are expecting the worst, but for now, all I can tell you is that Amani is happy and healthy. But remember this part of the story as it goes on, because there are messages in the beginning that will make sense in the end. One day Amani notices that there's a very important person come to the door. This person almost seemed as if they were a police officer or someone military, but they're in some type of uniform that Amani has never seen before. This person tells Amani, can you keep a secret? She looks at the stranger, odd, kind of confused because she doesn't know how to answer. She knows she can keep a secret. However, she's always been told not to keep any secrets from mommy and daddy and not to talk to any strangers. But this person seems genuine. This person tells Amani that there's something about her parents that she needs to know. Of course, Amani says, yes, I can keep the secret because even though she's three or four, three going on 4 we'll say she's very very wise for her age so the strange man in the uniform begins talking to Amani and telling her that the life that she lives is not what she thinks of course he's having to explain it to her in her terms because she's young starts to speak to her about how she never gets to visit other parts of her family. She never sees any grandmas or aunties or uncles or cousins. And it's just her, her mom, and her dad. He then goes on to tell her that her mom and dad are not really her friends and they don't have the best interests out for her. And that... Her actual mother is beautiful, and she has beautiful, long, dark hair and tan skin. But she's not the culture that she's thought to be. Amani looks confused, and she looks down at her skin. She doesn't think mommy or daddy ever really taught her what she is. Again, she's only three. She sees mommy and daddy has afro. They have kinky hair. Her hair is soft and curly. She's confused, but she continues to listen to the man. He goes on about her actual mother and how she's been looking for her and searching for her and hopes to find her one day. He tells Amani to pay attention to a few things when it comes to the places that they move. And the areas that they're in. Do the people around them seem to be happy? Do the people around her seem to be sad? Amani, again, is a little confused. And not really understanding what the man is asking. But in her terms, basically, he wants her to pay attention to her environment. And the actions of the people around her. Every time she goes on these journeys, he wants her to pay attention to if she ends up feeling trapped, caged in, or locked in. And even if it's at her comfort, where it's like she has her dolls, she has her toys, she has her dresses and her tea parties, is she actually locked into inside of a room and just brought gifts and just brought food? Amani starts to think. And it's true. Everything the man's saying is right. Every time they move, she doesn't go visit family. She doesn't see anybody but mommy and daddy. They get her a really nice room decked out with all the things she ever wanted and dreamed and hoped for. But until they move again, she stays locked in her room. If she has to use the bathroom, they bring her to the bathroom and she goes straight back into her room. Now she's thinking a little bit, but of course, She's three going on four, so she doesn't know much. But the things that the man's saying is right. She never thought, let me try to open the door one day. She just listens to her mommy and daddy. She trusts them. The man goes on to tell her that the people that are raising her, her mom and dad, are actually gamblers, loan sharks, They owe loan sharks, excuse me. They gamble, they party, they have fun. They don't have any actual job. They don't have her in the safest conditions and this is why she's actually moving all the time because they owe people and they're afraid to get caught. He tells her that no matter how sweet the gifts are and how sweet it seems, to be spoiled and to be the only child that they don't actually show love in the way their parents are supposed to show love Amani's a little confused because she doesn't understand what that means she only knows love in the way she's been experiencing it which means gift giving and people buying stuff for her and she getting anything she wants but he tells her that mommies and daddies are supposed to hug you and kiss you and tell you they love you and tell you are smart and you're beautiful and teach you things about life. Amani began to think, think really long and hard, and she realized that mommy and daddy never said anything like that to her. The guy began to mention other failures as a parent that they should be doing and that they're not doing with her, spending time with her, bringing her to parks, allowing her to have new experiences in this world, having a lot of firsts. All she knows is travel and gifts and she doesn't know much about mommy and daddy. The more and more he goes on, she's realizing this. The man goes on to say that her actual mother is abundant is very wealthy her actual mother and father have this estate and a mansion and a gated home with security and a cute little dog and they're looking for her but they can't find her that they've been waiting to find her but there's nothing she asks him How do you know my real mommy and daddy if you're telling the truth? There's some things that Amani believes, but she's not a dumb three-year-old. She's very smart. He says, I'm one of the guards that work for your parents. They gave me some money to find you because I'm really good at finding people. Amani asked the man again, So if you found me and my real mom knows that you found me, how come you didn't bring her here? He said, I'm here to get you the message first because we want you to be safe because these people that you're around are very dangerous. He then asked Amani after she eats sometimes does she get sick? She says, yes but it's just because mommy and daddy don't know how to cook the food good. The man asks her, and he wants her to think long and hard about it. How do you know that mommy and daddy doesn't cook the food good? Has anybody else cooked for you? Amani says no, but sometimes I sneak outside my room when they're asleep and I eat things in the kitchen that is not cooked by them. And I don't feel sick, so I know it's not the food. I know it's that they can't cook, but I don't tell mommy and daddy that because it'll make them cry. The men in a way that a three year old would understand basically lets Amani know that it's because they're poisoning you. They're putting something in your food to make you not feel good. Imani's confused. Why would mommy and daddy do that if they love me? You're you're lying to me. You're not telling me the truth. He then realizes that he's been spotted. And of course, it's looking a little creepy. A grown man talking to a little girl. So he starts to walk away. He shakes the hand of... Her dad and her mommy walks up and looks at the man a little strange. She gets pissed off because she immediately is wondering why this man was lingering around Amani for so long. Amani is very smart. She doesn't say anything that the man mentioned to her. She just remembers what he said and starts to pay attention. Like he also says, Amani's thinking about some of the stories that he told her about her so-called real mommy and daddy and that they had a cute little dog waiting for her. She wonders if she'll ask her mom and dad if they can get her dog and that'll make her feel better. She's not surprised when it doesn't happen, so she just moves on. She also realizes that the guy never really mentions too much about her real dad, but more so about her real mom. And she gets confused. She doesn't think about it too much harder. She goes to sleep. The next day, it's moving day. Her mom and dad are rushing around, packing up things. And again, they're setting off. In Amani's head, she's remembering what the guy just said yesterday in the uniform. That they're thieves. And they steal from people and owe them money. And that's why we have to keep moving. She's also remembering something that she never noticed before because her parents didn't teach her color. She thought because she was around the same complexion as mommy and daddy, that that was her mom and dad. But she noticed that when she started to look in the mirror, she doesn't actually look like them. She Mind you, she doesn't know about race or nationality or ethnicity, but she knows what the guy said. And how he explained her actual mom and dad, or how he explained her actual mom. And he's looking at her mommy in front of her. She's a little confused about why she looks so different from her. So now Amani is paying attention a little bit more than she was before. In the back of her mind, she's wondering if the guy was telling the truth and if these people that are her parents are actually thieves and bad people. Is this where they're getting all their money from by stealing and hurting people? Is this how they're paying for my tea parties and my stuffed animals? In my favorite movies, I'm confused, right? She's looking at them a little bit harder, and she's realizing that every area that they move into seems to be riddled with crime. There's a lot of thugs, a lot of gangsters, people shooting craps on the corner, people shooting up drugs at the park. She's noticing that, actually, by our standards as being grown-ups, we would consider this a poverty-stricken area. But of course, Amani never knew this. She thought they lived lavishly because she had everything she ever wished and hoped for. But in all actuality, the man was right. If she actually paid attention to her surroundings, she would realize that they don't live like they're rich or royal. She just has everything she wants to keep her in her room. She's also realizing, wow, he's right. I've never seen a grandma. I've never seen a grandpa. I've never seen a cousin, an auntie, a uncle, nobody. She doesn't see the man in a uniform for a while. She still doesn't tell her mommy and daddy about them. She goes on about her normal routine. When they go to sleep, she sneaks in the kitchen and finds her something to eat out of the refrigerator. Whether it's cheese, whether it's sandwich meat, she doesn't quite know how to put it together. She just knows it's good and she's hungry. And that mommy's and daddy's food that they cook make her feel bad. And her tummy hurts. So she eats what she can. Time goes on. And now Imani is older. She's becoming a teenager. She has this fashion sense. She's happy. She has a phone. She's doing her thing. She's taking pictures. She's having a great social life. But she still remembers how she felt when she was three or four. She still remembers the man in the uniform coming to talk to her. She still notices that it seems like everywhere that they move, there's this darker presence. Nobody's happy. People seem like they're drugged out or tweaking. And it's a poverty-stricken area. She's noticing the only time she sees other people is in passing. She's in school now, she's 15, and she's noticing, hmm, when it seemed like I had everything that I ever wanted when I was three years old, now I'm literally suffering at this point. I used to have the world handed to me, and now it seems like I'm out of style, I'm out of fashion but she's a fashionista so she's wondering why mommy and daddy's presents have slowed down she's wondering why she's not keeping up with the Joneses at this point and she's old enough to understand she wants the latest jacket she wants the latest shoes she wants the latest sunglasses but yet it seems like the money is a little funny she's starting to look at her mommy and daddy again. And when she looks at them, they look a little different. She's trying to remember, did they look like this when I was younger? Or am I tripping? These are the same parents I've been growing up with this whole time. But why do they look drastically so different? Of course, being a 15 year old, she's like you know she knows people grow up and they change but not this type of change it's a drastic change when it comes to their features she also remembers something that happened when she was 11 and she keeps going back to that day she could have asked for a pet a cat or a dog in replacement of all her dolls she's Too old now for dolls at 11. She doesn't want to play with them anymore. She wants to play with an actual pet. So she could have asked her mommy and daddy for a cat or a dog. When she mentioned this to them, they both said no. And that they didn't have enough money to do so. Even though she asked them to stop buying her dolls. And to replace it with the pet. At 11... Seems like she felt that she was smarter than her parents and that it was simple math. Whatever you're spending on the toys that I don't want anymore, simply replace it with a pet. They said no. Of course, it broke her heart. But she continued on in life. And now that she's 15, sometimes she thinks back to when she was 11. But the reason she thinks back to when she was 11 isn't not because of the pet. It's because of her parents. They look different. She's trying to pinpoint what it is about them. Maybe they dyed their hair. Maybe they grew it out. She can't quite pinpoint it. So she moves on. The older she gets, She's starting to get a little sad. Because she's noticing. Wow I don't really have any friends. We're always moving. I don't really have any family. We're always moving. Why not? She also starts to think about. Why she looks so different from her family. Her hair is still. Curly. And long and black. And yet. Her mom and dad have thick afros. The textures don't add up. She's getting old enough now and she has classes in school to understand how babies are made and how they get certain genetics from their parents. So as she's in class, she's thinking about this. She's hearing the teacher teach and she's thinking about the man in the uniform from when she was three But she's also thinking about her own parents. And how she always looks at them weird now. Like how she was looking at them before. But she doesn't know anybody else. So she doesn't know what to say. She feels like, are they hiding something from me? I want the truth. Amani becomes really invested in researching. By the time she turned 8 years old. She was really into researching, looking up things on the computer. She was what you would call a nerd. She loved the internet. She loved going to the library and reading books. And since she got older, they can't keep her in her room anymore. So they allowed her to go to certain areas, but she had to come right back home. Before she can even get settled in and meet a friend and bond... It was almost like they're uprooting again. The topics that Amani was into researching was science. She was so good at it. She could be a chemist. She was learning about science and magic. Out of all of the books she would read would be Harry Potter and fantasy and she would also read books about shapeshifters. All of this fantasy lived in her head, but she also wondered deep down inside if some of this had some truth and if there was anything like this going on in reality. This wasn't something that she was scared of, but it's like Amani wants to figure out the wonders of the world. She would learn about magic and genies and djinn spirits and demons and angels. She was into all sorts of studies. Amani even liked to learn about witches and witchcraft and the Salem trials. You would say that even though she knew that her family didn't have much, she would read and read, and read, and that was her wealth. Her wealth was her knowledge. She even looked into different topics about death and the afterlife. Mind you, she started this when she was eight years old. She never practiced a spell, but she knew everything about them. She never seen someone die, but she knew everything about death. She knew everything about witchcraft, and fantasy and elves and folklores. She loved it. At 11 years old, like most young women, Amani began puberty. But like most that get acne or their menstrual or their chest starts to form She noticed she had those things too. But one thing that was out of the ordinary is that she noticed whatever she would think would come to reality. So she thought something like, Oh, that guy's going to fall. They actually fell. If she thought that, Oh, there's going to be a call that's going to come in on the phone right now. The phone would call, the phone call would come in. She didn't think anything of it. She just thought it was like predictive. She started to look into books about this. If anybody else out there has ever experienced instant thoughts or is there a voice in her head? How does she know these things are going to happen? And it just started happening when she became a teenager, even though she asked her mom about other puberty things. she felt like this is something she wanted to keep to herself she didn't understand it and she felt like it was weird and she just didn't feel comfortable sharing it with her mom remind you her and her mom's relationship wasn't so lovey lovey she didn't really hug Amani as much as a mother should hug her daughter she felt like she was always yelling at her and being sharp-tongued with her and and saying sharp, hurtful remarks sometimes. She would notice the girls at her schools as she would constantly change them, had mothers that wanted to match them and match their outfits and matching hairstyles and, you know, going out and getting their fingernails painted together and having movie dates and so much fun on the weekends they would come back to school and she would overhear the girls at the next lunch table talking about them and their relationship with their moms she's wondering wow you know I remember when I was 3 years old the man in the uniform told me that my mom isn't my mom and she doesn't do the things that a mother's supposed to do and now She's growing up and she understands. And now she's growing up and she hears other girls around her age saying how their mothers are. And she's realized she's never had one day like that with her mom. She's never been feeling like she's ever been like the center of her mother's world and that she would do anything for her. She starts to read more Harry Potter and starts to realize, wow. Some of the things I'm going through, seems like Harry's going through it. He has gifts that he has to learn how to use at Hogwarts. He's unique and different. But in Harry's case, his parents were dead. And he had to stay with his family that didn't like him. So then she begins to think. The guy in the uniform told me my family's alive and looking for me, but if they found me, why am I not with them? Armani starts to think, hmm, what if I'm like Harry and I have gifts and I'm a secret witch or a wizard? She starts to really get into J.K. Rowling and all of Harry's books. As the other girls around her starts to grow up and hit puberty and develop, they start to show more skin and wear tighter dresses. She's not so much into that, she's noticed. She has her own style. She doesn't really like the gaze of men. She doesn't know why. It just feels weird. She notices that Every time she does something different and tries to fit in with other girls, her dad says something sharp It makes her feel bad about herself. Her confidence is struck in every time she tries to talk to her mom about something exciting that she's learning. She notices that she always seems to be on the phone complaining or yelling and shooing her away. She feels like at this point she has so many thoughts, so many emotions and feelings. She just has this big breakdown and she starts to cry and realizes that something's off. How is this actually my family? How do they actually care about me? When I need them, they're never there for me. They provide me with a home. They provide me with some things. But this shit is weird. She feels like the only safe place she feels is in her dreams. She tries to tell her mother her dreams, but her mother shrugs it off and says she's watching too much of a certain show. She says, Mom, I'm dreaming about monsters. Stop watching horror. Mom, I'm dreaming about gangsters. Stop watching mob movies. Instead of actually listening to her dreams and trying to hear her out, she shrugs her off. She she judges her for believing in her dreams and thinking that they're real. Now, it's been some time since she's seen the man in the uniform and randomly she sees him again but he's not in that uniform that he was in before. He's in a different one. And she's realizing now that she's older, the uniform that he was in was a uniform that fit in with the, like, how do I explain it? Like he was a worker, like he worked somewhere on a building or something. So now that she sees him in a construction uniform and he's working on certain parts of the apartment complex that she lives in now, where her mom and dad, she recognizes his face and he's maintenance or construction. She's confused. He had a different job. And yes, people get different jobs throughout the years, but she's 15 now. How did he find her again? They're in a whole nother place in a whole nother location. He brings her something and gives her something. And he tells her to drink this. She's looking a little suspect because again, even though he's a stranger and she doesn't know his name. He did help her. And she noticed throughout the years that the stuff that he said actually is true. And she's starting to realize she kind of trusts him more than she kind of trusts her own parents at this point. So she has this drink and she drinks it. The drink had this weird floral smell. She doesn't think anything of it. Then all of a sudden, when she drinks this, it's almost as like something activates within her it's like the the colors in the in the world in the sky the scenery around her gets more vibrant and bright she gets a little scared because she's wondering did this guy just give her a drug she learn she's learning about drugs and how to say no to drugs in school right now she's freaking out a little bit because she's like wow she can't take it back she just ingested something that this stranger in a uniform that she's seen for the second time in her life give to her what is this drink I'll pause it here okay we're back so Amani drinks this elixir. She doesn't know it's an elixir, but that's what it is. She's seen something similar to this in a Harry Potter movie. All of a sudden, it seems like her mental conflict and confusion starts to vanish. When she looks at the man in the uniform, he seems to have this glow around him. Like she's able to see an aura now. She's looking at everybody else in their immediate surroundings and she sees everybody has a different color aura or halo or outline outline around their body. He's telling her that this is something that's going to help her see the truth in the world and to see things for what they really are. She's asking him, is this a drug? And he says, no, it's something that you need it. He says, you'll understand as time goes on. He lets her know that before she goes to sleep, she needs to pay attention to her dreams. That when she goes to sleep to pay attention to her dreams that before she goes to sleep, she needs to pray and ask to see memories in her dream. She's like memories. I remember everything. He's saying that there's some things that's hidden from you that you don't remember about your childhood that you need to remember. She looks at him a little confused, but she's like, okay, cool. I'll do this. He lets her know that some of these dreams may be scary but they're going to reveal a lot of truths. He also lets her know that if she ever sees somebody's aura that's darker, that she means, that that means they have a darker energy about them. He asks her to describe his aura. And she says it's white. It's a pure white outlining around his body. So he teaches her the different colors of auras of what they mean and how to spot when somebody has negative intentions or they're a bad person. So she remembers this and she continues about her life. She notices that after the man in the uniform leaves her presence this time, that it's almost like it sparked something that one drink. Spark some type of gifts that she had remind you guys she already had this gift of her thoughts instantly coming to reality That she was trying to figure it out and she figured oh I might be like Harry and I have some gifts I might be a witch and I have nobody to talk to it about but she was just patient with her gifts and trying to understand them herself and trying to do as much research as possible so now after drinking this elixir that the man in the uniform gives her she sees things clearly her third eye has opened she doesn't know much about spirituality or anything like that besides a few things that he told her but she's realizing that her gifts are increasing rapidly and more things are happening that she can't explain She's becoming more powerful. Extremely powerful. She has dreams about lions and giants and people that are shapeshifters. She has dream about the mom and dad that she sees in her waking life every day, being in disharmony, She sees this with her third eye. She's wondering if this means that her mom and dad are not supposed to be together, if that means they're gonna separate soon. She's not really sure. But she's seeing all of this in her dreams. Her dream, she's also noticing that she has wings of some sort, cause she can fly. she's seeing different things about the failures or the downfalls of what her mom and dad are experiencing or have they gone through this or is this their future she's confused is this something that they've been doing and going through how has she been so blind to this before all the struggles and hardships she's now seeing it She's now seeing also in her dreams, the different choices that they've been making in her life and how it leads them to where she is now. She sees herself as a child being trapped in a room and being comfortable, but she sees the older she gets. She feels like she's locked in here in a cage. It starts to feel more like a prison that she's always bored she's always discontent and so therefore she starts to read and venture off into fantasy books and movies the things that freak her out the most in her dream is that she keeps feeling like she's lost or hopeless or her heart hurts and she's not understanding why she notices that Her mom and dad in the dream, they pull off a mask and their faces are not their faces. When they pull off their mask, their faces are faces of lizards or reptilians. They look like reptiles. When she wakes up the next morning, she realizes that she feels whole and like there's a part of her that was missing. She remembers The man saying that these dreams are real and to pay attention to them because they're not dreams at all and they're memories. But she's confused. How is this a memory and not a nightmare? If I seen them pull off their mask of their face and there was some type of lizard or reptile under this. Of course, she understands that she gets caught up sometimes in fantasy books and movies. She understands she knows and read about shapeshifters. But a lizard? Are there lizard shapeshifters? Is there such thing as a reptilian? She goes to the library and starts to get as many books on reptiles and their life stages and cycles as she can. She also gets as many books about human anatomy and trying to figure out the two. She's researching both books and highlighting and trying to figure out how a human can pull back their skin and she can see a reptile under there. She's seen that some reptiles can shed their skin or lose their tail and grow one back, but it never mentions anything about humans. So she's a little confused on how the man in the uniform tells her these dreams are real but yet they're not making sense. She's trying to make it make sense logically. She also remembers that the man in the uniform tells her before she goes to sleep to pray and to ask for things out loud to be shown and revealed to her in her dreams. So she does this because she's like, I need answers. These are answers I can't find on the computer i can't find in the library and all the books that i've gotten none of them make sense to what i saw if my dreams are really memories then i need to remember this at the same time she's looking at her mom and dad a little sketch because she's remembering that they're starting to look different as they're growing older but not in the way that you would think their bone structures changed or their hair color, she still can't quite pinpoint it. She's like, maybe I should go on a photo album and look and get a side-by-side contrast because me just looking at them, I can't pinpoint it, but I know they look different. She's starting to have more dreams. She asked the universe that if she does have an actual real mom and dad out there to show her what they're like she sees her mom and dad and they're very abundant that her dad overlooks acres and acres of land on this beautiful porch of a mansion that there's waterfalls and a wishing well in front of the house several trees there's groundskeepers and landscapers and it's just abundant and perfect she's confused she sees dreams of her mom and dad with a brother that looks around her age she's like wow i have a sibling i've never had a sibling before wow this mom and dad actually looks like me even though the man in the uniform never really speaks about her dad she sees that the mom is exactly how she looks has the same complexion and the same hair the dad and her brother she feels so much love and warmth in these dreams that she's seeing and even though they're not directly displaying this love to her it's almost like she's a fly on the wall and she just gets to witness this but she's noticing something's off like is this how a family is supposed to really act why how did i get here what is happening she has so many questions so of course every time she goes to sleep she asks at this point amani's like look i want to start taking naps because my dreams at night the answers i'm getting It's not giving her the answers fast enough. She feels like, was I destined to be with this family? Did my family leave me? Did they abandon me? How did I get with these people if this is not really my family? She asks the gods when she prays at night to show her the truths. And what they show her gets very scary. She starts to have more dreams about her mom and dad. She's grew up with her whole life in human skin, but being a reptilian under that they're more creepy and like a predatory vibe that they're just out here surviving and thieving and stealing from everyone that they're easily swayed into darker temptations. She then has a dream about her newborn phases of her life. And she sees that her mother didn't birth her at all. In fact, her mother that she's always known was never pregnant. She's confused. Of course, at this point in time, Every time she wakes up, she wants to go back to sleep. So her mom or dad are thinking, oh, she's just going through a phase and she's being a lazy teenager, but they don't realize that she's uncovering so much secret knowledge about them in dream time. She'll meditate and pray and rest. Meditate, pray, and rest and try to remember as much as she can. But in every dream, they never show up how. They show up in reality. It's like ever since she had that elixir, every dream, they're shedding their skin. And she sees a reptilian under this. Of course, she's not sharing this wisdom with them. She's realizing this is not my imaginative state. This is not me being creative and creating this. I'm asking the gods and they're literally showing me this information? How does she not recognize this before? Is it because she's just been in solitude and this is all she knows? Is this mother, this father and her books? She feels like she has so much information gathered, but the part that's creeping her out that she can't quite pinpoint is why she had the dream or the memory and she was never born of the mom she thought was her mom her whole life the lady never was pregnant she never gave birth so now she has a lot of ways that she's trying to go with this maybe they adopted me and didn't tell me because they loved me so much that they didn't want me to think that i was any less special because i wasn't biologically theirs Maybe they found me and saved me. Maybe I was lost. Did I run away at three years old? She's really trying to put this all together. Every time she dreams, it's almost like she goes through a different portal or something, and she's revealing these truths. The more and more she asks the gods, the more and more sinister and dark the dreams get, and she gets even more confused. She's seen that a dream about these two people that raised her their whole life, her mom and dad. She sees them as teenagers, but she sees that. They're into something weird or they're doing something weird. She's trying to figure out what they're doing in dream time. It almost seems as if they're running away. But what are they running away from? She's very lucid as she's dreaming. So she begins to get a little closer to try to understand what's going on because the dream, it feels so distant. The closer and closer she gets in the dream, she notices something scary. It's more of them. She notices that her dad, that she's known her whole life, his back is turned. His human skin is peeled off. He notices the mother is facing him. Her face is peeled off and they're both reptilians, but The closer she gets, she notices there's a group of them. What is this, like a coven or something? What is this, a cult? She's read about so many things like this, but she's trying to understand how this fits in with her life and her memories. Or are these the memories of them? So now she's confused she's getting closer and closer to them in the dream but she's thinking again maybe she's a spirit floating over she doesn't realize that she ends up stepping on a branch because they're in the middle of the woods and it's like this weird glows around them and when she made that noise in the dream all of the reptiles turned around and looked at her as if she knew they were spying on her in dream time. She freaks out and she wakes up. She's like, Man, this is a nightmare. I gotta slow down on this. Maybe I'm doing this wrong. How did they notice that I was in the dream? What the hell is going on? Any other time she dreamt and it was a memory that never happened before? Are my dreams changing? Are they becoming reality? Do they know that I know their secret? She's scared now. She's noticing as she's waking up from her nap now. It's a weekend day and she's noticing her mom and dad are in the living room chilling. Her mom's getting up to go in the kitchen to make some food. She asks, Amani, do you want anything to eat? She says, no. I'm actually wanting some fast food. She wanted to go and walk and clear her head. She's also wishing that she has somebody she can call to try to figure this out. She doesn't know anybody that she can talk to this. Talk to them. Excuse me. She doesn't know anybody that she can talk to about what she just seen. And it's freaking her out. She doesn't even want to be in the home with them right now. As she's on her way to the local McDonald's to get her some food, because, again, the food that she's eaten as a kid always made her sick, and it still is. She doesn't like her parents cooking. She still thinks they just can't cook. But now she's too grown or too old, basically, to only eat a little meat and a little cheese here out of the refrigerator when they're sleeping. She needs food. She goes to the McDonald's, gets her a few burgers, and decides to just walk around and clear her head. As she's walking, she notices the man in the uniform again. This time, he's in, like, a sheriff uniform. At this point, she's like, what the hell is this guy's job for real? I keep seeing him. He's always in a different uniform. And this time, he's in the neighborhood, sitting down having a cup of coffee on a random porch, as if he lives here. She walks up to him and says, Hey, the drink you gave me, I'm starting to see things. I did what you told me to do about the dreams, but there's one dream in particular that got me really creeped out, and I wish I had some answers. He says, Here, let me help you. What do you need to know? She tells him about the dream when she was trying to get closer to hear or to see what her mom and dad were doing with these other people that were wearing human skin but had reptile faces. She stepped on a the branch, they heard her. And it's like that never happened before. Was that a real dream? Was I having an experience? And he sits her down and tells her this. You have a lot of new new gifts, spiritual gifts, supernatural gifts that unlocked within you. These gifts come from your actual bloodline. And these people are not your family. He asked her to remember back to when she was three and he first told her this. She's like, yeah, I remember you telling me this. And I've been noticing the things that you told me to notice. He goes, yes. She's like, okay, so I'm old enough to access now. If you're getting paid to find me and you found me, why are you not bringing me to my actual parents? Why am I still here with them if they're not my actual parents? He goes on to tell her that she has a mission to complete before she can meet her actual family again because she's so unique and different. There's a certain code she has to break or something she has to find out in order to help others. She's like, what the hell is going on? He's like, you'll understand more in due time, but you're the only person that can do this. This is why I keep an eye on you. I make sure you're safe. I gave you the elixir to get you started but it's something that is within you that you'll unlock on your own along with the way your brain works and how you figure out puzzles and you like to research things. You'll figure it all out in due time, but you're meant to be around these people right now because your purpose is bigger than you and it's bigger than your family. He goes, have you ever looked at in the mirror and tried to figure out your own aura? She goes, no. He said, when the sun goes down today, before you go to sleep, look at your aura in the mirror. And remember that aura when you're dreaming, because it's going to be quite significant. The aura or the color that you have in reality is how you look when you show up in a dream. So even though they heard you, they don't see anything but a ball of light. She remembers this. She's on her way back home now. She's remembering the dream. She's remembering what he said. The sun is starting to go down. And she's like, okay, let me go and look in the mirror. She's in the mirror. and She's mirror gazing for a while. She's in there for so long trying to focus on her aura, she starts to disassociate. As she starts to disassociate looking in the mirror for so long, she starts to realize, wow, like, I'm a actual soul in this body. She starts to realize that it's like, I don't know, a deeper sense. You know, you look in the mirror real quick and you see a reflection, but it's like she was able to see her soul and then finally her aura came through and she noticed it was like a green glow different from the man in the uniform she didn't understand why she had this glow but she just understood to remember it because that's what they see when she's in dreams with them she also remembers him saying that she has a puzzle to figure out so of course She does her normal routine and prays before she goes to sleep and asks for answers. Now she's in a dream again, and in her dream, she's riding a bike and she's going to find someone who she's looking for. She doesn't know, she doesn't even know if this is a memory or if this is reality. She's riding the bike, and she somehow feels like she's being watched. In the dream, the sun is up, but it's close to being set. And it seems like the darker and darker it gets in the dream, as night falls, she feels like she's being watched more and more and more. By the time nightfall has risen, In the dream time, she realizes that, wait a minute, this is what the guy was telling me. To remember that during a certain time, I glow. And this is the glow that I have in my dream. She gets it now. When it's nighttime and dream time, these creatures can see her easily versus when it's daytime in her dream time. She noticed she's being watched. But she continues on her journey in the dream. She goes to this forest and she notices it's the same forest that she was in before when she's seen her mom and dad in the group of reptiles. She goes there and she tries her best to cover her light and to hide so that she can spy on them. She also randomly, of course, because it's a dream has random Flags or something that only she knows and tries to mark the different areas she sees them in in her way back out of the forest so that she doesn't get lost if she has to run. Very smart. She, in a way, sets up little traps and things so that she can catch them. In the dream, it ends off with her being there all night until the sun rises in the dream, setting up traps, setting up flags, and a way to try to remember her way out of the forest if she has to run away from these things, and also setting up defenses and booby traps so that on her way running away from these things, they get caught up and she can make a great escape. So she's a little bit more prepared for the next time she runs into them the next day when she wakes up in her reality she notices something different about herself it seems like this surge of energy has came over her amani realizes that the thoughts that are in her head that became instant she does this now But it moves things. She starts to look into books about minds moving things. She starts to look on the internet. The only thing that she comes across is X-Men, mutants, gifts, and superheroes, and telekinesis, and telekinetic powers. She comes across the movie Matilda. So she watches all of these things try to get an understanding of it. She sees how in the dream, um, excuse me, she sees how in the movies, Matilda moves things with her mind, and she practices. She sees that in X-Men, there's characters that move stuff with their mind, and they practice, and that they're strong. So what Amani does is, she decides that she's gonna practice, but She's gonna practice when she's awake and she's gonna practice when she's sleeping. Again, she's trying to put all these pieces together. She doesn't quite understand what this all means, but she feels like this is something she's supposed to do on her journey. So she starts off small like Matilda and closes a door or makes the door shake or flickers a light and it's working. But she's also noticing it's not moving how it needs to move. There's something she needs to center first. She's thinking about her childhood. She's thinking about how confused she is. And she's also thinking about her mother, her biological mother. She starts to think about how her family, her mother, her father, and how that dream made her feel so loved and then in turn she realized that she became angry because she never experienced it before so she uses that anger and she gets frustrated that she's only able to do small things and move small things and it's taking so long she feels like this journey is never going to end when does this end when will i find out the clues why am I feeling like someone kidnapped me? What is going on? So Imani starts to get pissed off. She becomes almost black out with rage. And then she notices the TV blows up, just like in the Matilda movie. She's freaking out and she's looking at <laughs> her room like, how did that just happen? There's no way that just happened. She tries to hurry up and throw the TV out in the trash before her parents come home and notice it. She doesn't understand what just happened, but she feels like whatever it was, she just sourced her power and she unlocked something. So as she goes out again in the world the next day, she starts to try to move bigger things But she tries to channel that anger she had yesterday. And she notices that she can really move stuff. She flips a car. She flips a car that's alone in the parking lot by itself. Nobody's around. She's just walking past. She thought it. She channeled the anger. And she flips the car. Shocked. She ran because she didn't know if anybody else seen it. If she would go to jail for it, she was scared. She ran back home and could not wait to go to sleep because she felt like now she had all the strength in the world to fight these reptiles if she needed to. But she has to get these answers. So she goes and meditates before sleep and asks the gods to show them, show her what they need to show her. She then goes to the dream and it's already nighttime in the dream. And she's a little relieved because she feels safer cause she knows the other dreams the day before she went and set a bunch of booby traps and a way to get out and to lead her out to run away from these reptiles. When they get when she gets there, she sees them again. But in a way she's hiding. She knows how to cloak her energy a little bit better. So she's kind of hidden in the bushes watching them. She's noticing the language that they're speaking is not English at all. Matter of fact, she's been in schools with diversity where she's heard a little bit of every language and it doesn't sound like anything she's ever heard before. She tries to remember the noise or the sounds that they're making in order to research it later. She's very lucid in her dream. She's still trying to figure out what it is that she's supposed to be breaking a code on. So she collects all the information. All of a sudden she gets spotted. She gets spotted and she's a little afraid because what the hell am I gonna do? There's multiple of them. A lot of them are really darkening in the shadows. They're speaking another language, but they've seen me before. They have very dark energy. They spotted her and they begin searching and scurrying about. All of the reptiles in human skin begin to fully transform into full reptiles at this point almost as if they were about to go hunting. She notices the human skin that they were in sheds completely. They have scales, they have claws, they have weird eyes, weird tongues, weird teeth. But they stand up tall as if they were humans. Again, she remembers her research and she's like, I know reptiles don't walk up on two legs like this. So she's thinking, are they from another planet where they all look this way? She's remembering this information for when she leaves her dreams to figure this out and research it further. But at the same time, right now, she feels like she's in danger. And She knows that somehow, even though she's trying to hide her light, they can still spot her. So she starts to run because she's outnumbered and now they're in full reptile mode. She has no idea what gifts they have, what they can do, and she is scared. She's running for her life, following the flags and avoiding the booby traps that she set. One of the booby traps goes off and gets one of the reptiles in the eyes. Another booby trap goes off and it gets another one and it hurts it, injures it, and it lets out a loud screech. The rest of them are noticing that they're surrounded by traps and they stop and try to just take notice of their surroundings instead of scurrying off which way they're noticing they're getting hurt. She's paying attention as she's running that they stop chasing her and that they're kind of caught in this booby trap. They're circled in. I don't think they really quite realized that their whole outline it's outlined with booby traps, but they do realize that someone has planted this here. They're not dumb species of beings at all. She sees them. They see her. Clear as day. Their mouths are dropped, and they shapeshift back into human form. She's now not running from them, and she's standing facing them. And they're facing her. When the one that got gouged in the eyes as they were running transformed back into human form, she notices it's her dad. And now he has no eyes. In his human form, it's almost like someone ripped it out and they healed back in the wrong way. Like he's deformed now. She's scared because she's wondering if when she wakes up from this dream, if he really will be blind and not have any eyes or not. She's standing her ground. She's looking at these creatures and she's letting them know she's not afraid of them and that she's up to them. She knows something's off. She also is noticing that they're looking at her And remembering her energy and studying her. And of course, even though she recognizes her mom and dad she grew up with, she doesn't know who these other people are. She notices that, damn, this might be dumb. I might have actually revealed myself too soon. These beings could be anywhere. They can be shapeshifted as anything. She's feeling like she fucked up, so she leaves she wakes back up and she immediately writes down this map of where she was, how she traveled there, all the booby traps she set, and everything she can remember from the dream. And she tries to see if maybe in reality, since the mom and dad she's dreaming about, they are at in her actual reality and in her dream time. She's wondering if this forest that they're at is the actual place that they meet up at. She never went to check on them after she thought they their asleep in their room at night. So she's like, hmm, I wonder if this is an actual place. So she maps everything out and she tries to stay hidden for a little while. So she runs away. She didn't even give it time to see if her dad was blind or not, because if it is, If he is, it would have freaked her the hell out. She leaves and she runs away. Amani is spooked. She's hoping that she runs into the guy with the uniform again, and she does. She goes to the same porch she's seen him on and knocks on the door and he opens. She tells him about what she's seen, what she discovered, and her trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. He says he'll help her and she's right that there is an actual forest area that they meet up in so she gets in the car and goes with the man in the uniform the man in the uniform lets her know that the same traps that she set from her dream that she told him about and the same flags to get herself back Are there in reality he let her know that once the Sun sets and she's in this forest the same way that they can see her in dream time they'll be able to see her in reality and for her to be careful and if anything else that she's trapped and she can't run anywhere else to find the water and to hide in the water she remembers this he drops her off and leaves her there he lets her know that when she's done with this part that he'll be back to come and get her but this is something she has to do on her own of course she's scared shitless cuz this ain't a dream anymore she can't wake herself up out of it she's also afraid to go home but she's like at least i have somewhat of a friend from this man in the uniform Hopefully, this all works out, and this is the last piece of the puzzle she has to do. She's scared. Her long hair is down her back. She has no hair tie. She has no coat. She ran out the house of what she had on, some shorts and a t-shirt. It's getting colder as the sun starts to go down and she notices something the blanket from the dream that she had covering her aura she sees it he's right she also sees the flags that she left behind it's starting to trip her out but she's glad that she has something to not only keep her warm but to cloak her energy as she's going through this forest She's trying to be strong. She's trying to be brave, but she is rattle. Then, as the sun goes down and the moon lights up the forest, she starts to notice, okay, it's time. She's probably going to see these creatures again. And she does. The first creatures she sees don't see her. And it's her mom and dad. This time they're not in human form at all. But she notices it's them because the eyes are gouged out. She's looking through the bushes and it's almost like her two realities from her dream time and real life are merging. She's looking and she's peeking and it's almost as if like she's warping realities and timelines how does how do i see both a reptile and a human at the same time she's thinking maybe she's sleepy she doesn't want to fall asleep out here but she's not understanding this is a gift of hers that she's able to see that maybe there's some type of technology that makes people see them As humans, but they're really walking around like reptiles the whole time. She sees her mom and her dad, and they're more affectionate to each other than they ever are in reality. In reality, in human form, they're even cold and distant with each other, not only just her. She's spying on them now. And she's just waiting and watching to see if any other ones show up. At this point, it's kinda like she's rolling the dice. She doesn't really know what to do, what to expect, but she knows she wants to make sure before she allows herself to be seen this time, she plays her cards right because this is reality. She sees something off in the corner. And she sees them eating something. She tries to get a little closer. And she realizes that her mom and dad are eating something. What are they eating? The closer and closer she gets, she notices that they're eating a person. And she's freaked out at this point. She lets out a yelp, and they turn around, and she's caught. But this time, she's like, I can't run away. This is not a dream. This is reality. They see her mom and dad eating a, a human, and blood coming down their lizard-like teeth. Their claws are drenched with blood and organs for human, from humans. They were savagely this, eating this person and she caught them red-handed. But instead of them being spooked or shocked, they turned into rageful and in wanting to attack her. She stands her ground and she's like, I flipped the card the other day. Let me channel this and see if I can get them. So she uses all her strength and she sends it at them. She begins to lift one of the reptiles in the air. That's her mom that she grew up with. She's lifting her in the air with all her might. And it works for a while, but she realizes that now that she's doing this, the reptiles she didn't see before are coming out of nowhere and there's more of them. She gets intimidated and she gets scared and they're all charging at her. She realizes that the perimeter she set, she's in the perimeter now, and she's freaking out. She's trying to hold onto that power source to keep this one levitated in the air, but all she can do is throw it at one of them and run for her life because now they're fully in attack mode. Their face opens up from even a reptile, and it gets even scarier. They have more teeth than they had in their reptile form, And she's running for their life. She's remembering where her booby traps are, but the flags to lead her out of there, this is not a dream anymore, where she can get led out of the forest and wake up and be in her bed at home. This is real life. And she knows that the man in the uniform left her out there. So there's nowhere to run. Then she remembered, he said, to go into a body of water and hide. So she runs into the water. She's running, 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 running. She finally gets to the water and she gets under and she hides. She doesn't know if it hides her scent or her smell or her glow. She just remembers the man in the uniform said it would help her. So she's in the water, hiding, floating. They all run past. She can see them, but they don't see her somehow. As she's in this water, she notices that she's floating and the water is vibrating. The water ripples. She's still floating. She knows not to make any splashes or sudden movements because the reptiles will hear her. But the water keeps rippling and rippling and rippling to the point it's in a way making ripples and splashes without her wanting to. It's almost as like her energy is letting off this vibration. She begins to rise up out of the water and levitate. Puzzled and confused, but she feels this source of energy or power coming through her. She begins to levitate, and then the higher and higher she gets into the sky, she's noticing she's above the trees, and she's seeing all these reptiles run around and scurry trying to find her. She's not quite high enough to touch the stars, but she's definitely over the trees. She sees exactly where the booby traps are. And she even sees her town outside of this forest. She's trying to figure out how to not just levitate, but to fly like in her dreams. But she's just at this point going with the flow. At least she's not down there with them. None of them notice that she's in the air because they're down in the forest searching for her. She's not really sure what's going on, but she remembers this and she feels like it's important. She's going to need to remember this, even though it's not a dream. She's levitating and she notices that there might be a way that she can get out of this while also capturing a bunch of them. So she starts to make noise and levitate in certain areas to draw them towards certain booby traps. They're running around frantically towards the noise and don't even realize that somehow her voice is being thrown like she can throw her voice and leave them here. She can throw her voice and lead them there. So she's starting to wipe some of them out with her booby traps and her powers and her gifts. She's using her tone of voice, she's using her pitch, but she's throwing her voice. The more and more she does that, the more and more they die. It seems like she's getting closer and closer to the ground. The more um, that they're passing away, the closer she gets to the ground, as if like her powers know that she's safe. Now she's on the ground and she's looking through the forest and she's realizing It's quiet. She sees a lot of their bodies everywhere. But not them anymore. Not any standing upright at all. And she doesn't see her mom and dad. She's wondering if they escaped. Or what it is really that just happened. She's walking through the forest. And now she feels safer. Because she feels like maybe that water had some of that elixir in it that she laid in. Of course, she's had that at the back of her mind, but she doesn't understand how else she would float up and levitate like that and throw her voice and her vibrations in order to throw them off, confuse them, and trap them. As she's walking through the forest and she's trying to find her way out, back from the pond, back from the water source, excuse me, towards the road so that she can start walking back towards town and hopefully on her way there, by sunrise, she'll see the man in the uniform. As she's walking, she notices she's not alone, but she's also not around these reptiles anymore either. There's other kids, other teenagers, other youths a few small girls, a few small boys, with some girls around her age. And it's almost like they came out of nowhere after this all happened. And they're following her now. She sees their auras and notice that their auras are pure and white and they have a whitish glow, like the man in the uniform. She doesn't ask them any questions. They don't talk. They just start to follow her. Only being led by the moonlight. I'm going to pause it here. Hey, love bugs. Want you to stay on your toes. Don't fall asleep. I decided to put this actual episode into two parts because i listened to it myself and it was fucking long (laughs) so go ahead and finish this episode out and we're gonna go on to part two on the next episode thank you for listening peace